Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Lansing, Michigan with my new friend Eric Spitz of JuxtaposedJourneys.com. Eric was born in Lansing, and although he's traveled all over the world, the city truly feels like home to him. In this episode, Eric and I talk about touring the Capitol Building, exploring Hawk Island State Park, and attending the Lansing Art Festival. You have about these three incredible attractions and so much more. If you know somebody that wants to visit Michigan, I'd love it if you share this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Lansing. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lee. I'm really excited to be here. Today, we're talking about Lansing, Michigan. And honestly, I don't know much about it other than... Yeah, I used to watch like wrestling growing up and a lot of times they'd have like WWF or whatever at like Lansing, Michigan, like whenever like the uh, the arena is and everything. So that's about really all I know about Lansing. <laughs> so nice. it's actually good to learn a little bit more beyond just the wrestling arena that's that's there. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. And hopefully I can provide your listeners with some uh, insight on the area. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your connection to the city? Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised just south of Lansing, actually, in Holt. But I I always tell everybody Lansing, because that's just easier. It's more identifiable. But yeah, born and raised there. And I've only other, ever lived in one other city, and that's Saginaw, when I went to Saginaw Valley State University. So grew up in Michigan my whole life. I've traveled around the country, but I always call Lansing my home. So yeah, something always just kind of brings me back to it, just the, the people, the connections. It's got a unique vibe to it, for sure. So obviously, if you lived most of your life there, like, how would you describe the the people or the city in just a couple words? <laughs> yeah, no, this is a really good one. I had to actually uh, talk to one of my friends about this too, because I was like, how do I summarize this? And I was wrapping my head around it. And I think we came up with a pretty good one when you settled on casual, because even though Lansing's the capital, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. It doesn't feel boasty or that it's pretentious or full of itself or anything like it's a it's a very accessible city it's easy to navigate it doesn't feel overly big and yeah so it just kind of has a casual atmosphere to it and i think that's a great way to kind of summarize the overall atmosphere and the people that that uh, live here right on so if people are planning to, to come visit lansing obviously you're in the northern part of the u.s it gets pretty chilly there in the winter and i'm sure there's lots of snow and everything What's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain like festivals or different events that happen that maybe people want to plan a trip around? Yeah, being in the northern part of the U.S., uh, we get all four seasons here. And I, I personally love the fall time with the leaves changing. And it's, it's just so pretty to experience, especially I think if you venture like in northern Michigan, it's it's especially really cool to see. But yeah, there are a ton of different festivals depending on what time of year you're visiting. I know in the Towards the wintertime, there's Silver Bells in the city, which is usually the weekend before Thanksgiving every year. And that attracts around 45,000 people. It's a it's a big event for sure. 
And then there's Beer Fest at the Ballpark at Jackson Field. It used to be called Cooley Law School Stadium, but apparently they changed their name to Jackson Field recently. And that was kind of news to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, any listeners may still identify it as Cooley Law School Stadium. But yeah, it is Jackson Field now. That is where the Lansing Lugnuts play, the minor league team. So it's a fun to experience like a you know baseball game there too. But Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the the turkey trot on Thanksgiving in downtown. And, you know, I'm a runner myself and I usually do the turkey trot every year. It's I'm one of those weird people who runs a 5K on the morning of Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) They got to burn off all those calories from all the gravy and the the rolls and everything. Exactly. Yeah. That's always a really fun event. I actually know the person who puts it on. He's a former coach of mine, uh, Chuck Block. When I ran at Lansing Community College, really good guy. He puts on an awesome race. And that's become like a yearly tradition to where I do that every year. So that's a really good time. If you're not a runner, <laughs> there's I mean, tons of other festivals and things you could do. There's the East Lansing Art Festival that happens every May. That's really cool. It's got a lot of vendors, a lot of local artists, a lot of musicians playing. It just has a good vibe to it. And then there's also a very similar festival in Old Town also in May every year called Art Feast. That's a really fun one, too. And it's like a combination of different artists and then they have food trucks there hence the feast aspect of it so it's a it's a fun time it's got a lot of really talented local artists there kind of showcasing their stuff it really in both instances it sounds like right up my alley because like i I get to eat and pretend like i know what i'm talking about about as far as art (laughs) goes you know (laughs) (laughs) oh it's a fun time for sure (laughs) (laughs) so okay so if people are planning to come out there to the lansing is there an airport that's right there or do we fly into another city and then drive how do we get there yeah, so we really only have one airport, and that's a Lansing Capital Regional International Airport. And it's it's a pretty small airport. I've actually flown out of there only once. I, I have a cousin who flies in and out of there constantly. But yeah, I flew out of there back in February when I was going to Texas. And uh, overall, I had a I had a good experience there. It's definitely a much smaller airport compared to like Detroit or Grand Rapids. And that's typically, I typically fly out of Detroit when I go, which is about an hour from Lansing. And that's just gives you more options for, you know, where to fly to. And I guess just different flying options in general for different airlines. Cause in, in the Lansing airport, we flew American airlines, your option of airlines specifically, I feel like is more limited at the Lansing airport compared to like Detroit or something. For sure. Yeah. And you'll get, you'll get more direct flights in, in, into Detroit. You'll probably get cheaper airfares. Cause I know a lot of times when you fly into the, the smaller airports, a little bit more expensive because there's not as much volume and that's totally fine. And like you said, okay, so if we're flying into Lansing from there, is there public transportation or do we rent a car? Cause obviously if we're going to fly into Detroit, we need to probably rent a car and, and hop over that way. Right. Right. Yeah. So Capital Area Transportation Authority or CATA, which, you know, public transportation, which which is fine. I feel like the hours are a little bit limited, which is kind of the downside. Yeah. With running a car, though, I mean, I feel like that's probably the way to go because nothing's really necessarily that close, I guess. I mean, it, it's probably better to just drive to everywhere unless you're weird like me and want to just run everywhere or <laughs> you know, there are options for whatever you want, but yeah, 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 probably easy to just run a car and drive. And there are options for Lyft or Uber and things like that. I haven't really used it extensively in, in Lansing or in general, really. I got friends who primarily will, will do it and I'll join them in it. But from what I've heard from Lansing in particular is that it's kind of harder to find rides like really late at night or early in the morning compared to like a bigger city. 
like, you know, Boston or Baltimore or what have you, you know, pretty much after midnight, it's kind of like more slim pickings for who's kind of out there still available for routes and stuff. So that's just kind of what I've heard. Maybe you get like the, the surge pricing or whatever that's going to make it not really affordable anyways, you know, because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of drivers around. No, for sure. And, and yeah, and I think I've even heard from the perspective of people who are drivers in the Lansing area to where, yeah, there's just not as many routes, I guess, available, you know, later at night. And yeah, they kind of have that same issue. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So if you're, if you are renting a car, is there primarily paid parking or is there free parking? Is there going to be a problem, you know, if you are renting a car? It's overall pretty easy to navigate. So there are a lot of parking ramps available to where, you know, you get your ticket parked there and then, and then pay when you leave. And then there is, yeah, there is some street parking and typically that's only enforced from eight to five. And then, and then after that it's, it's free or it's, you know, they give you like a two hour limit or something like that. But overall it's, it's pretty easy to navigate for sure and get around and, not spend an arm and a leg. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Now, as far as like when we're there in Lansing, where should we look for a hotel? Is there like a certain part of the city that we should try to book our hotel or are there any parts that we maybe need to avoid? Yeah. So there's a a hotel that got built recently, the courtyard by Marriott on Michigan Avenue. It's, it's near downtown, right by Jackson field where I mentioned where the lug nuts play. And that's, I hear a great hotel. I haven't stayed there personally, but I, I hear great things about it. And I feel like your best hotel options are primarily going to be in East Lansing or on the west side of Lansing. I think that's usually where you're going to have your, you know, Hilton hotels or more like the bigger kind of name brand hotel chains. And that's typically where you're going to want to or where you're going to have more options for that. I'd say your best option for being in Lansing and stuff, probably that courtyard by, by Marriott right on Michigan Avenue. It's right by downtown. Nice. And now are there any like uh, local boutique hotels or like a little bit more historical or mom and pop type of places that, that really kind of stand out? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I actually don't know off the top of my head because typically when I travel, I do a lot of Airbnbs. And even with that, there are some around there because I actually thought about starting an Airbnb in Lansing. And yeah, I was just kind of looking at what else was already listed and available. And typically with that, from what I saw, was a lot of just, you know, renting out an extra room of a apartment or some sort of like living situation. Like I didn't really see many actual like full-blown, full-fledged separate units, I guess, you know, that are strictly Airbnbs and stuff. Not as many compared to like where I typically travel or like some bigger cities to where you have tons of options for that. So, okay. So like the, the available Airbnbs are more like the old school where it's like, Hey, you can like sleep in my bedroom or, you know, sleep on my couch type of scenario instead of let me just get you like your entire apartment and then you leave or whatever type of scenario. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got the last time I checked from it was it was primarily just those kind of situations. And I'm sure they're maybe different now. Maybe some other ones have come out of the word work since then and offer just full fledged, you know, operations. But yeah, from when I was last looking, it was just kind of that situation of just, hey, you can stay in my room or, or <laughs> stay in this extra room or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds cool. All right. Let's talk about some of the things to do while we're there in Lansing. Uh, like you said, obviously, it's, it's kind of the, the capital of Michigan. And from what I read is there's like a, like some sort of discount pass or something like that, where you can, you can get a bunch of different attractions when you buy that pass. Yeah, for sure. So the Michigan activity pass, which, uh, my one friend, uh, pointed me towards, which I didn't even know this was a thing, but yeah, it sounds super cool, but it's, it's a connection with your local library. So you get either get free admission or discounts to different attractions all around the state. So 
I guess the only caveat with that is that you it's in connection with the local library and usually they'll have you when you get a library card there, you have to prove like you're a resident of the area and like, you know, submit like a bill or some sort of like utility bill, you know, to show that you have residence there and, and an ID. So that option may not be there for anyone visiting. Unfortunately, I think that might just be for people who live in Michigan who are maybe just visiting Lansing. That makes sense. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually give everybody your, your home address and we're all going to say, we're <laughs> right. all going to get a bill and you, <laughs> at your exactly. desk, and that way we get the pass, you know? So oh, perfect. Problem, yeah. problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> They'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's talk about like some of the things we should do when we're there in Lansing. Like, what are some of like the top attractions that we should, that we shouldn't miss? Yeah, for sure. So the Capitol building is cool to see, it, you know, it's very historic and, and a very beautiful architecture too. And if you're in Lansing, I feel like it's it's something you should do. And I believe they do guided tours. I want to say it was either seven days a week or at least five days a week. But yeah, they have guided tours available pretty regularly to where you can just go through and see it. And it's it's a really spectacular building. And uh, depending on what your travel situation is like, who you're with and everything. I mean, uh, if you're looking for something family friendly, the Oppression 5 Science Center, in addition to that, is really cool, too. I remember in elementary school, they actually took us on a field trip there and we stayed there overnight, which was such a blast for like a, a kid. I mean, all these different random, I don't know, just science. It's a very interactive museum. So you could just do all these different weird science experiment type things all throughout this. We like made this sort of slime and goo while we were there. And it's just, it's all these great things for like any kid to do. And it's, it's a fun place for sure. Yeah. I travel with my kids a lot. I, I think they would totally love that. I'm not sure if we'd be able to do the uh, the sleep overnight thing, but uh, I think that'd be really cool for them to do that. Those interactive things, because I think it's important You know, when you travel with your kids that, yeah, you want to have fun, you want to do all these things, but if we can mix in a little bit of like edutainment type of thing where it's a little bit of education, a little bit of entertainment, that sounds like a perfect thing to, to go do. Yeah. No, Impression 5 is really cool. And there's also a a museum there called the Michigan History Museum that's right on Kalamazoo, kind of in that downtown area. And that's a really cool museum as well. It just kind of pretty much like what it says. It shows the history of of Michigan, you know, talks about, I guess it's lumber roots and and things like that. It's it's literally got like a tree like in the middle of the museum. You kind of like walk around. It's kind of built around this area. It's really cool to to experience for sure. That's a that's a fun place. That is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then some like this basically walking trail called the river trail in Lansing that I personally go and run on pretty much every day. I, I so I live right by Hawk Island State Park and the river trail runs through that park. So I'm able to hop on the river trail and you can take this all around the city. And it's it's really awesome to experience. So it can go to downtown Lansing. You can take it to Old Town. You can take it to East Lansing. You can take it all the way to the west side of Lansing. You could even take it into Holt, which was kind of my original stomping grounds there. Like it goes all over. And yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, just to run on that trail or walk or do what you want and uh, <laughs> and just experience nature and just kind of other people out either walking or biking. And, and that connects you to a lot of cool neighborhoods and places around the area. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people... Especially like you said, if we're going there in the fall or the summertime, spring, probably not in the winter, you know, <laughs> a little too cold for my California blood, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just going out there and, you know, you're, you're inside all these like stuffy buildings all the time. You're going out and experiencing some of the, the fresh air and the outdoors, I think is a, is a wonderful thing to do. Even if it's just for like an afternoon walking around and, and doing those type of things. Now you mentioned, uh, Hawk Island State Park. 
Is there like an admission for, for that or is that free to go into? I believe the way it works. Yeah. Generally speaking, you have to pay admission to get in if you're not a resident of the area. I believe if you're a resident, there's an option to where at the Secretary of State, which is something I usually do, you get kind of this park pass you can get for state parks in Michigan. That's good for all the state parks. And usually I'll just do that and that'll get you in wherever. But yeah, for, for anyone who's not a resident of Lansing, I believe you have to pay like like a couple bucks or whatever to to get in and, and park and yeah, that's not that's not a big deal. And again, we're gonna get your address anyways, and we're all gonna become <laughs> residents. So we get in free anyways. So, so it's all good. Exactly. You can use me for the past. You can use me for the state parks. Yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So many options. Perfect scenario. I'm, I'm glad you're on the show. So <laughs> exactly. But because uh, it's called Hawk Island, is there is it like shaped like a hawk, or is there are there hawks on like an island? Like what's going on at the state park there? You know, that's a good question. I wish I knew the origin behind the name. I do know there are a lot of Canadian geese there, which if you're not familiar with them, uh, don't get too close to them because they can get uh, a little aggressive. <laughs> they constantly will kind of hiss at me as I'm running by them and they, uh, they're they not very friendly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll stay away from the ducks. So that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, now, like if we're going all the, and doing all these things, especially if we're running and walking on the trail, we're going to be working up an appetite. Uh, what are some good places to eat while we're there in Lansing? Oh, yeah. So my personal favorite spot for breakfast and brunch is Good Truck and Diner in Rio Town. And I, I'm a creature of habit. I usually get the same things whenever I go there. I get the three street tacos. I get the Cali, the Jamaican, and the Diablo. And I'm actually a vegetarian. So I sub out all the meat on there for their veggie options for that. So for the Jamaican, they have like a veggie chicken they put on it. And then for the Diablo, it's like a veggie chorizo. So it's super amazing, super good. And then I get a side of home fries with that. And that's like my staple breakfast brunch meal that it's, I mean, and you can never go wrong with a lot of stuff on the menu. They have a specials board that they update, I believe weekly. And they usually have just really interesting stuff on there. Sometimes I'll, I'll be bold and get some sort of like French toast concoction that they have going on there or pancakes, but I, I've never been disappointed by anything they have. Their food is, is very good. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And I'm I'm more like a carnivore, so I'll take all your meat. Just pass it over <laughs> to my good. side. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And and then if you're looking for something that's a little more I don't know if like classy is the right word. It's it's a little bit more of an upscale feel. Uh, but it's a place called Soup Spoon that I also really love going to. They have really great cocktails and food and just a great atmosphere there. Usually I'll go with like the peacemaker there, which is like a also a vegetarian sandwich, but it's like it's got like lentils and stuff on and it's also it's very tasty. Those are some of my favorite just overall spots like that. But I mean, I mean, just depending on what you're looking for, there's so many great food options. <laughs> sure, sure. So like I said, I, I travel most of the time with my kids. Sometimes my wife comes with me, sometimes not. But uh, mostly it's, it's me and the kids. So where would we go like for like an afternoon meal for like lunchtime or, or even dinner for the kids? Because obviously I'm not going to take them to really upscale like type of places. So what's more like a just like, like down home cooking type of type of spot? Oh, yeah, that is a that's a good question. So there's a place called Meat Barbecue, and especially said that you're a carnivore. I mean, this place is a, a carnivore's dream, essentially. <laughs> so 
it's 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 you know very good i think i pretty much only had their mac and cheese there though but i think before i became vegetarian i got a few stuff from there but yeah no it's it's very highly regarded they know what they're doing for sure nice yeah i i would i would think for a vegetarian there's not a lot of options for you on the menu there they kind of have a running joke to where they say like vegetarian options and then they that's where they list their soft drinks if that gives you an idea (laughs) (laughs) sounds like like, my kind of place but no very highly regarded that is right in old town and then actually a place i just thought of too a local hotspot uh zaytun's uh mediterranean food so if you are a vegetarian that's a that's a great option as well really amazing food i i usually go to the one that's i think it's technically in Holt, but they have a couple locations around i believe they started in lansing and they actually both of those places if i'm not mistaken have been featured on on diners drive-ins and dives so if guy fietti approves i mean it must be pretty good <laughs> absolutely absolutely <It's> so- <laughs> plus i love being able to support like those local restaurants and everything like that so that's that's a great option now if if i want to be able to take my kids up for like a like a like a sweet treat a little ice cream a little candy something like that in the afternoon or after dinner where would we go for that yeah that's another good one so one of my favorites uh, that I feel like people don't really talk about that often is this little place called Sugar Shack. It's it's technically like a bakery. It's it's a very small building and I feel like it's very easy to pass by. And yeah, that's that's closer to like Frandor area, but that place is fantastic. I usually get the cookie dough bites from there. Those are just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's pretty much exactly how it sounds. It's just frozen cookie dough balls and it's, it's everything you could ever hope for. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, they got amazing like cupcakes and I think they have some like ice cream options and yeah, it's, it's an awesome, just local spot for just, if you're looking for something sweet. Perfect. Yeah. Lots of cavities ready to happen for (laughs) sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're right on. Well, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Lansing. Now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Lansing, where should they go and what should they eat? Oh man. I I feel like it's gotta be that, that meal I mentioned at good truck and diner, get those uh, street tacos. And if you're not vegetarian, you know, just get them how they come. But yeah, again, those that was the Cali, Diablo, and Jamaican. And I don't even think they're overly spicy either. But then again, I I mean, I eat a lot of spicy stuff. So if, if spice isn't your thing, you know, maybe not get the Diablo and sub that for something else. But <laughs> sometimes when I go to, the, like, you know, we're here in Nashville. And so you get a hot chicken. I get like the, the mild because <laughs> uh, <laughs> otherwise it's a, it's a bad it's a bad time. So, <laughs> so you get the mild chicken. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I like when you come down to Nashville, I'll take you out. We'll we'll get some hot chicken and we'll see how your stomach handles uh, the craziness that the it's here and some of this heat. Perfect. Looking forward to it. All right. So you spent most of your life there in Lansing, and I'm sure you have just all sorts of great stories. What's one of your most memorable? Yeah, honestly, for me, uh, I just always think back to going to Silver Bells in the city, like what I mentioned before. That, that used to be just a yearly tradition to where I'd go. I've kind of fallen off and I've been kind of sporadic with going the last few years. But for the most part, it's something I would do every single year. And it's the weekend before, I believe, Thanksgiving uh, every year. And, you know, the, obviously the weather's starting to get cold around that time. But I swear it's, it's every single year it is like ridiculously cold every silver bells i don't know what it is i don't know how they plan that or what happens but it is always like abnormally very cold that day i feel like so so mainly my memory revolves around just being absolutely frigid and shivering at this place but it's uh it's it's a great time though i mean it's it's a ton of people attracts tons of people from all over the area and then 
the big kind of thing is that they light the Christmas tree in front of the Capitol building. And it's just a cool thing to experience, whether you're a kid or an adult. It's 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 just a, a memory that I hold very dear to me. That sounds like a great like family friendly thing to do and it just like it's like brings the whole community together and I, I love things like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Well speaking of good times and good memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Lansing? <laughs> yeah, so I would probably have to say Zuby's is one of my favorites for in terms of happy hour and that's right in Old Town. I believe it's from three to six, you get two dollars off drinks and appetizers if you're not a drinker. And this isn't necessarily a happy hour thing, but it's just always cheap all the time. So it's, I mean, even better. But it's this place called Dagwoods. I absolutely love Dagwoods. It's, I don't know of many places you can still go to to where you can get a burger, beer, and fries for $5. I mean, it's like a, a daily special that they have going on there. Granted, I mean, the, the beer options that you have are like Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors, I believe. Like, it's nothing craft beer fancy, but I mean, still five dollars for that combo you can't really go wrong <laughs> absolutely yeah those type of beers are like flavored water but it's all good <laughs> right <laughs> especially on a hot summer hot summer afternoon i, I think it just fits the spot perfect <laughs> no exactly i mean being a michigander i feel like i get very spoiled with the with the craft beers here i mean our craft beer scene is amazing it's incredible i mean if you ventured outside of lansing to like grand rapids or something it's you can't go wrong with pretty much anywhere you go. I mean, there's so there's so many breweries. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Good. Definitely right up my alley for sure. Yeah. Now speaking of uh, speaking of good beers and everything like that, I always like to check out the local pizza and, and have a couple beers when I'm doing that. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Lansing? Yeah. So in terms of pepperoni pizza, I got to give Bell's Creek Pizza a shout out. Uh, th- so that's right in East Lansing. And I believe they still do it, but they used to do like kind of this after midnight special. And we were kind of talking in our pre-recorded conversation. I'm, I'm a night owl myself and they're open super late. So it's just kind of a cool spot to go and experience. And you can kind of get the nightlife experience of East Lansing there. But I am also vegetarian as well. So like if you're not a meat eater or anything, best pizza overall, I mean, there are a few different options I got to give a shout out to. So there's a place called Sleepwalker in Rio Town that's really great as well they actually have a pickle pizza and that's becoming a big thing lately and and they do a really great pickle pizza and horrocks actually does a pickle pizza as well and actually i got to talk about horrocks for a second because it's it's such a convoluted place but it's so great actually that's a really great family friendly activity as well it sounds so weird to say because it's a it started so it started as a fruit stand on the side of the road if i'm not mistaken and it has since grown into this massive farmer's market on steroids i mean anything you could think of horrocks pretty much has they have a a giant like gelato area you can get gelato they have like a little pizza parlor you can get pizza and like order a pizza while you shop it's a giant grocery store essentially they have a tavern you can literally grab a beer and walk around with a beer while you shop which (laughs) you know it can always which which is good (laughs) and bad i guess it can lead to some very i guess (laughs) How did I get this car? How did this get in my cart? I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I basically just load up on snacks and candy whenever I, I go there and drink and shop. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. But, but no, that's a that's a fantastic place. And that's right on the west side of Lansing. And that's that's definitely like has become a Lansing staple and something anyone visiting should go and do, which which sounds weird to say, like, oh, you got to check out the grocery store. But it's, it's not even really a grocery store. It's like a it's, it's just like a big hangout spot. I mean, they even have live musicians play like in their little beer tent outside. It's it's grown into such a ridiculous business that's and somehow it like it's a business model that shouldn't work but it really works oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> like they just have everything i love it i love it <laughs> we talked about earlier that uh, that you travel a lot obviously we'll talk about your your travel podcast here in a minute as well 
What's your best travel tip? Yeah, so in general, I'd say my best travel tip is just to talk to the locals. I mean, there have been so many instances to where I'll just go to a new city, I'll go to a, a coffee shop, I'll like I'll start with Yelp or something, and I'll look up a good coffee shop or a good eatery to go to, and then you know, I'll just get talking with somebody and then I'll, I'll ask someone there's like, Hey, like what's a good place you'd recommend to, to grab a drink later or to, you know, to get a coffee or something. And they're going to be just an absolute wealth of knowledge. And, you know, they're going to turn you towards stuff that may be on Yelp already or stuff that you could find. But if you're torn between two or three places, they're going to be the deal breaker for you and say, okay, out of these three, I got to go to this place. Cause this guy mentioned it or, or what have you. And, yeah, that's been a really great way for, for me to experience some new places just just to talk to the locals and kind of get their opinion with stuff. No, that, that's exactly how this uh, this podcast started. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are listening that maybe they're not a little outgoing and they're a little timid as, as far as like afraid to ask somebody or bother somebody. But like you said, I, I think a lot of people, they actually want their opinions to be, to be heard and, and they want to share their love of the city. And for people that are a little timid, don't be afraid. You know, to, to go ahead and do those things. If not, look up on the on the podcast. Maybe we have an interview on that city, and you can listen to the, the tips from our guest experts. You know, if not, you know, go out there and, and talk to people. You know, don't be afraid. Worst thing they're going to say is like, no. You know, um, <laughs> right? Then you just ask somebody else. It's all good. Or they're or they're like, oh yeah, I'm not from the area or something, yeah. but. Actually, if you, it cracks me up because if you ask my uncle that same question, apparently something he does is that he'll go and, and get a haircut in a new city and ask the barber like best places to go or, or things to do, which taking it to a whole new level, I feel like. But if you're if you're visiting and in need of a haircut, you know, maybe maybe that's a good way to do it, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I haven't had a haircut in a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but now that's a really good tip because you, you're sitting there talking to the person for like 15, 20 minutes anyways. Right. You know, so that, you kind of like force the conversation there. And, I mean, Captive audience. Kill two, yeah, <laughs> kill two birds with one stone there. I mean, you get a haircut, you get a good recommendation, you move on to the next place. Yeah, and you're, and you're looking good for all the selfies you're going to take. You know, you exactly. Gotta, you got to do it for the gram. So, we are right on. Well, again, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been so much fun talking to you. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I have a podcast myself called Juxtapose Journeys, and it originally started as a blog where I would document my different traveling experiences and not even touch on mental health and do some more introspective pieces. And that kind of evolved into more of a podcast during the pandemic because I really missed a lot of these interpersonal communications. So it's an interview style podcast. I bring a guest on each episode and I talk with them about their life passions, whether it's you know, a side hustle that they do or full-fledged operation of where they left their corporate job to pursue this venture. But, you know, it could be creators, entrepreneurs, or just people who are just living an interesting lifestyle. So that's been an absolute blast to do because the idea kind of started too, to where I was talking about my journey and kind of what I wanted to get out of life. And I want to run a marathon in all 50 states. So that's primarily what I talk about on the blog. And uh, you'll get splashes of that in each episode of me talking about that. But that's something that's kind of part of my journey and something that I really enjoy doing. But I also love to hear the stories of what other people are doing. These weird, ambitious things that you wouldn't think about, you know, that people have going on and just having conversations around that because the, the energy you get from those, uh, from the passion that people have for that is just so infectious. So that's been that's been a great venture to do. You can stream Juxtapose Journeys wherever you stream your podcast. So Apple, Spotify, Audible, what have you. And then I, I have a website for everything, juxtaposejourneys.com, which is kind of a catch-all for everything. You can see I have the RSS feed like embedded there. So you can actually listen to the podcast episodes there. You can read my blog posts. It has links to the socials for Juxtapose Journeys on there. 
which is um, just at Juxpose Journeys on Facebook and Instagram. I recently joined Twitter for it, and that's Juxpose Pod. And then YouTube is Juxpose Journeys. Unfortunately, I don't have the podcast episodes on YouTube yet because primarily that's just <laughs> like me gushing in nature and stuff like that, and a lot of like nature <laughs> videos. So if that's your thing, that's where you'll what you'll find on Juxpose Journeys on YouTube. So well, <laughs> then, well, fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then you can reach out to me personally if you want to. Just my name's Eric Spitz. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn with that. Twitter, Letterbox, and Untapped is Eric with the hair. Instagram is Eric with the beard. And then I also co-host on a movie podcast called Films for the Void, and that is also available wherever you stream your podcasts. And you can find that on Twitter at Films underscore Void. So definitely plenty of stuff to keep your listeners busy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we include links to all that in the show notes. And uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to being able to chat with you more and listen to your episodes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much again for having me. This has been a blast. What a fun conversation with Eric. I can't wait to visit Potter's with my kids someday. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Lansing. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to the sovereign state of Monaco to speak with my good friend AJ Saunders of AJSDigitalGroup.com. In this episode, AJ and I talk about watching the Monaco Grand Prix exploring the old town on Le Rochere, and seeing the exotic cars in Casino Square. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Mm-hmm.